Welcome to the Lasting Learning Podcast. I am so glad that you're here. This is Dave Schmidow, the host of the Lasting Learning Podcast. On this podcast, we're not in search of the latest gimmicks and tricks. Instead, we focus in on the people making a difference. We learn their stories, what's brought them success, and what matters most. I hope you'll stay connected to me and to all of our guests by subscribing and sharing this with your friends. Now, let's get to it. everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Lasting Learning Podcast. I am so glad that you stumbled upon it this week. This week is going to be epic. It's going to be absolutely amazing. As a former middle school person, I'm not a former middle school person. Once you're a middle school person, you are always a middle school person. So as a middle school person, a guy who spent his first seven years teaching at a middle school, a guy who spent another three years as an AP and another four years as a middle school principal, a guy that just lives and breathes those stinky, weird adolescent kids and loves every single minute of it, I am pumped to have our our guest with us today. Today, we have a guy that loves that energy as much as I do. We've got a guy here who loves shaking the status quo, pushing boundaries, and truly trying to bring about a revolution. Today, we've got Derek McCoy here just to bring some truth to us, let us know uh, what's happening in schools, what's happening with him and uh, where we need to be going next. So Derek, thanks for being here. You know what, thanks so much for, 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 for having me here. And wow, you know, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm a little intimidated um, by your introduction, man. That was, <laughs> that's, that was right there now. I'm on that's, the edge of my seat to talk it, to man. you. I bring that bar up here and now it's up to you <laughs> to get there. So do what you can. <laughs> We're gonna try. We're gonna Derek, try. Derek, there might be a couple of people in the world that are listening that don't quite know your story yet. Um, I don't know who they are or how that's possible, but who knows? Um, do you mind just taking a couple minutes introducing yourself? Tell us what you're up to, who you are, what makes you tick, and what got you here. First, you're, you know what? You're just, um, you're just too kind with, with that one. Just a couple people in the world, <laughs> whatever, <laughs> whatever. Um, but, but truly, um, I, I'm thankful for being here. And, 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 and again, thank you for, the, for this invitation. You know, we're, we're not always blessed to, uh, to make connections with people. And, um, and that's one of the fortunate things that we do is we're about connecting. And uh, so, so thanks again for reaching out. Sure. Um, my name is Derek McCoy. Um, <clears throat> this is year 24 for me in education. Um, and you know, I started in the middle, it, it starts in the middle right. and I got, if, if you can remind me, I got a funny story to tell you later about it starts in the middle. But anyway, I was a middle school math teacher for eight and a half years. I was an instructional coach at the middle school level, uh, AP at the middle school level. Um, and then two years at a, at a high school, but then I came back and did nine years as a middle school principal. And I'm going to tell you, I, um, <clears throat> Just a couple of things happened that really made me um, turn the corner, turn my perspective of, about middle school. So number one, had a great model for principal and, and uh, Sandra DeShazer, and she showed me truly the value of a middle school teacher getting out of management mindset into a relationship building mindset. I saw kids who who were running up to her to wait to get talked to her. And I was like, wow, uh, that's not, I don't, I don't want to just be that kind of principal. I want to be that kind of person. 
because she was unlocking things. I mean, she was unleashing potential. And so that just kind of set me on my path. And, and, and yes, I met a lot of other influential uh, leaders throughout, throughout my career. Uh, and I can't give them all credit, but, um, but she, she really, she really started me on that course. And then the second one, man, second thing that happened was I joined Twitter mm-hmm. and it's like, right. you know, mind blown, you know, mind blown. Uh, uh, Actually, I hit my ten-year anniversary this year. Wow! Um, you know, and and it's it's like um, Sylvia Duckworth has that that Twitter uh, a visual that at a point she hit a slump and then she joined Twitter. Then it it's got her her productivity and her understanding shot shot up. That's what happened to me. I started connecting with people who just pushed me and and challenged my thinking. And truly, man, I started rethinking, started looking at, hey, I love middle, I already love middle school and I know we could do stuff, but really, do I love middle school? Um, am I loving middle school? Uh, am, I, uh, am I doing good for kids or am I doing good for, for adults? So, you know, that, that just started to bend to, to me Going back to my to my um, principal and I saw her relationship building and saying, "Hey, I'm gonna trust y'all. We're gonna we're gonna do some great things." And and that's and that's what what we've seen. So that that's been that's been a good part. It's not just changing K twelve, but but changing middle school as well. Yeah, that's awesome. That's good. It's a lot of truth. And you say you, you started off as a teacher and you you worked your way around and and found yourself as a middle school principal for you said nine years, right? And it's a job that I had as well. And quite honestly, probably my favorite job ever was being a middle school principal. Um, because those kids are kids that are just so amazing. You can do anything you want to with middle school kids and they're just going to latch on and love it. They're little kids that want to be adults. And often the adults that work in those buildings are the same way. (laughs) They are extremely immature, but very professional at the same time. And it's that sweet spot. And I, I, I say that because you are a guy that I think resonates with that as well. You're a guy that likes to just push boundaries and try new things and say, whatever happens, man, let's just go along for the ride. And it's, it's refreshing to see leadership that does that. Is that something, is that always been you? Have you always been a guy that's embraced change or is that? Oh, so, okay. So first question, home run, that, that's, that's awesome. So, so no, it, it really wasn't. It, it, I really have not been um, the the person that I am right now. And when I got into teaching, I was absolutely the manager, desk in rows, do truly everything that we that that we said uh, in our book, the revolution uh, that we need to get teachers out of. It, it could have just been a, a blueprint for what Derek did for the first two years <laughs> right. in the class. Yeah. You know. Um, uh, not just not just banned cell phones, but cell phones in the classroom and the school are the devil. You know, just so yep. we, we, this uh, uh, technology had its place. But technology was classroom, right? <laughs> that, that's right. Technology was was a place you went to, not something you integrate. Exactly. Keep it in the lab. Uh, it, it wasn't a belief, or it, it wasn't something that empowered learners. Yeah. Uh, and learner and learners had their kids had their place. 11, 12, 11, 12 year olds they had their place. Uh, I was the one. I was the most important person in my room. 
So no, um, it took a lot of people to break me to break me down out of that. My my first principal, and she's a great she she's such she's she's a good she's a great friend right now. We were just uh, talking the other day. We were literally talking last week on the phone, hmm. and and I've known her 20, 20 plus years. Um, but um, another another super another um, leader, Dr. Donna Peters. She's an intense visionary and an intense relationship builder. And she showed me the value of not being happy with the spot on the floor that you have cleaned. So uh, you always got to keep moving and stuff is going to, and it's, you always got to keep moving forward. If you, if you think about it, looking down the hallway, you clean the spot you, that you're in, but you know, there's going to be some dirt down the hallway. Get ready for it. Now, don't lose don't lose your marbles just get ready for it and clean it do what you got to do um and remember why you raised you we raised she she has a saying dr donna peters <clears throat> remember why you raised your hand nobody asked you to be a teacher mm-hmm. you raised your hand and when you raised your hand you agreed to serve learners not yourself not the teachers you had but you agreed to serve the kids in front of you so you got to do right by them and, and 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 that's tremendous. So all the all those conversations, and then of course you know the stuff on Twitter. I mean, I I, I can't even just nail nail it down to one person, but just all the, the Twitter chats and all the conversations. Um, it just, it really just put me out of my comfort zone of management to uh, a leader, then to agitator, hmm. then to bear poker you know just uh, i'm gonna poke this bear a little bit uh, or like you said what if you know what what if what if we developed a, a schedule where kids could pick their own classes for, for half a day what if we did that ah middle school kids are they'll they'll burn it down whatever you know, right we got great kids but it, it'll be fine so yeah it's um and that and i'm proud of my journey uh and i know other people's journey is going to be different but their journey's but everybody has to have that journey because we got to unlearn our stuff in order to make it about the kids so that they can uh, realize and get the best. It's powerful stuff that you're saying. And I appreciate that vulnerability to say, you know, what you were is not who you are. It's something that I can relate to tremendously. Now you said your first couple of years, I would say my first decade, I was that guy. You know, <laughs> I was a guy that, as a teacher, I thought I had all the answers. I thought I was God's gift to those kids. I was the expert and all these, I mean, the fact that 12-year-olds were feeding my ego because I was this expert, you know, it was crazy. But that's what it was. I had 12-year-olds that were blowing my head up. So then when I moved into administration, I moved into administration thinking, well, the only reason I got this job is because of how good I was. So everybody else just needs to keep doing things the way that I did them, and they'll be amazing too. And it was ridiculous. I mean, my, I remember my, my first assistant principalship, I went into a middle school that was rocking. And talk about student choice, they had 58 electives for kids to choose from. 58 in a wow. middle school. Because they said, we're just going to have everything possible for kids. I went in there and just thought it was the craziest, dumbest idea ever. Because it wasn't what I was used to. But man, those kids ate it up. And that was my conversion, if you will. That was my baptism into the revolution. Where I started saying, wow, there right. are different ways to do things. And it, there's been no turning back for me. Now, you, you yeah. kind of talk about you've had all these inspirational people that kind of empowered you and I'm, I'm sure gave you some, some difficult feedback at time to, to turn you into 
you describe yourself, I'm looking at my notes here, as an agitator before you became a revolutionary. And you poked the bear. Right. I, I want to talk about that a little bit because poking the bears can, can get dangerous. Sometimes you poke the bear too much, the bear gets mad and starts to fight back. So how do you determine when to poke, when to run, which hill to die on, which hill to, to stay away from? That is so. <laughs> yes, that's that's it. That's that's it. Um, and and there and there's no there's no good answer for it. There's no pat answer. For, there's no safe answer for it. And, and I have to preface that with that because we look for yeah. How can I safely uh, bring about this tremendous change, or how can I safely make this shift? And there's there's no safe way to do it. We the the really the best thing, the best advice that I give people, and I'll answer your question, but no, the really best advice I give people regarding that is take care of people, you know, take care of people, take care of your relationships. Um, make sure that you, that you let people know that they are the most important thing in the school. Teachers have to know that they're the most important things in the school, mm -hmm. and but we're there to serve kids. We're there to do right by kids. So it's not, so we're not there to make adults happy we're there to do the best for learning and do the best for the learners <clears throat> so you mentioned you know you were like that your first eight years of teaching i will say that i was like that during the first x amount of time in every new job title i got oh wow so so as a teacher i was like that at the beginning then i became a sister then i as a as an instructional coach i was only that for two years but but even at the beginning, I was like, well, I'm going to be everybody's friend. <laughs> Forget that. We're about the learners. Then as an AP, as an AP, I got with, uh, I got with principals who were uh, your, that management mindset when, nah, not so, not so really. My first principal was, was that manager, management mindset. My second principal, he was, he was more of the, the, the relationship builder and we're there for the kids. Just doing, just embracing doing things different, and then definitely as a principal, as a principal, playing it safe, making adults happy. And by adults, I mean teachers, not rocking that boat. Uh, district office, you know, this is that's not safe. That's not this. But then at the end of the day, you know, can you sleep at night knowing that you didn't ask that tough question or that you didn't make that push? or that you didn't trust that kids can do what you envisioned. Um, so every, every time I had that, I think I, I set that off. And, and you know, that's either my insecurities or the job or what, whatever it is. So whenever it happens, just understand that that's a cycle and we're all gonna go through it and it happens. And, but the best way to get out of that is uh, by keeping network connecting like for so for me it's my my pln my professional learning network mm -hmm. i got friends man I, i'm like guys i'm going through this and um some of them are just so supportive like oh derek it's okay it's all cool blah blah blah, blah. and then i got others who are like man what are you talking about just get over yourself you know that kind of thing so um <clears throat> it's it, it's about committing to the learners about committed to the learners now um how have i been how have i kept that about the learners over the years i would say that 
I let adults know that I care about them tremendously. Mm-hmm. And um, if you're going through it, I'm going through it. And and I'm in the classrooms. You know, I'm in the classrooms. I'm co-teaching. Um, it's going to be whatever. I'm sorry. I just hear something in the background. You're okay. <laughs> <laughs> we're, it's it's we're it's going to be. I'm in the classrooms. We're co-teaching. I'm gonna I'm gonna model for you how I can. I'm a model in PD what I want you to do in the classrooms. But then we need to see that. Then we need to see the learners do that. And then here's why. Then here's why. Let's embrace the messy. You know, we talk about it in the in the revolution. Embrace the risk. Learn through failure. Uh, how, and how how new? Tell the truth. How new is that? How new is learn through failure in school? Uh, when I was coming up, never. It, it was either you're either successful or you are a failure, and yep. failure is the wrong thing. As opposed to that's your first iteration, you know. So so keep keep working through it. Yeah, no, that's good. And you know, I think you, you nail some stuff there when you talk about the idea of relationships and making sure that people know that it's it's safe to take those risks and take those chances. Right. And, you right. know, you're in it for the kids. You're not in it to hurt adults. You are in it to help kids. And those two things don't always have to be the yin and the yang in, in conflict with each other. And it, right. it, w- w- you know, one of the things that it's, it's always been a challenge for me, and I imagine it's a challenge for you too, when you say every new job. So there's been some transitions and I've had some transitions as well. And sometimes those transitions happen because you realize that you can go do more. And maybe sometimes those transitions happen because you think, okay, I've, excuse my language, I pissed off enough people here. Let's go somewhere else and try to poke some more bears. But I, I, what, one of the things I've started to learn is that when I come in with my own ego and my own guns ablazing, with my own recipe for success, right. before I even assess the situation, that's when you're going to tick some people off. I've become a firm believer now that if you get people to weigh in, you don't have to work on trying to get buy-in. And I hear that from you. You, you go into those classrooms, you're making those connections with people trying to get people to realize you're on their side and that you need them to take that next step. Derek McCoy can't do anything on his own in the school. You need your recruiting allies. Without a doubt. All the way along, Without, right? a doubt. Without a doubt. And um, so the, my last two schools, um, <clears throat> my last school in North Carolina, I, 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 was, I landed that principalship a, a year after I got National Digital Principal of the Year. So when people were researching me, they were like, oh, he's, he's all technology and he's all this, he's all yeah. that. So I, we got we to gotta show up. Every, everybody has to do PowerPoint every day. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then this school kind of, and then my last school here in Georgia, kind of the same. Um, but it, it's, I, I start off, I personally start off every, um, my conversation at every new school I, I, I begin. Uh, tell me something you're proud of of the school. Tell me something that I need to know. Mm-hmm. Tell me something that we need to stop doing. Yeah. You know. Um, okay. Cool. And then that's it. No sweeping changes. Not, nothing. Nothing big is gonna happen. We're just gonna. I'm just gonna walk around, and and you're really gonna see me um, talk. You're really gonna see me uh, care about you, and but then also expect that um, my my caring about you. I can care about you and push you at the same time. Mm-hmm. I get that. We all get that. That's what growth is. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> I would argue the book, that's the only way to care about someone 
is if you're pushing yeah. at the same time. <laughs> that's right. That's, that's exactly. Um, caring about someone is not just letting you sit on the sofa all day long. You know, hey, let's get up and take a walk. You, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, so in, in the book, we talk about what keeps that from, from, from realizing some great potential it, is a mindset. So two things, a mindset shift and then a culture shift. Um, the mindset shift is we have grown up to believe that the teacher is the most important person. And in truth, and in truth, uh, we got to have teachers. So, so they're very important. But our reason for being there is kids. Yep. Kids are the reason. Kids are the reason. So, um, we can't hold our old model of the school we went to and, and classrooms that we had as the pinnacle for what we need to give our kids. Because our kids can and need to do so much different, so much better. So, so as, as as a as a leader, and you're you're you are a leader in what you're doing right now, I'm sure you get people that push back and say, "But school was good enough for me." I mean, look at me; I'm successful. The old way still it, it worked because look at look at what it created. Are you telling me you're that exactly I'm not right. good enough? You're exactly right. No, as a matter of fact, I embrace your greatness. Uh, <laughs> please share some of it with us. You're exactly right. But your training was for a day when the world was not open, when information, I mean, when every piece of information that you need to know is a couple of clicks away on your cell phone. That's right. You know, um, and I, so you don't, you aren't the same learner or have the same opportunities and capabilities that learn that 11, 12 and 13 year olds have right now in the school. Um, for us, learning was in that book. Now, the world of information is just a Google search. It's just a web search away, I should say. It's just a web search away. So with that comes possibility. You know, that, that's an opportunity, opportunity to empower learners. That's an opportunity to change what we do fundamentally so that we can get the best from learners. Uh, so, yeah, your greatness came from a textbook era. That textbook preparation will not work in 2019 when our kids got to solve the plastics problem in the, in the ocean, when they got to solve the pollution problems that we created, when they got when we got to solve the, our society, our societal get along issues. Mm -hmm. That textbook um, mastery that you got and is undeniable. I bow to you. I, I, uh, we're not worthy. We're not worthy. Um, I, you got it, but that's not going to serve our kids. So that has to evolve because our time has evolved and I, our capabilities evolved. That is a great answer. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to give you one more and see, see how you can respond to this. Cause this is a real question that came to me about two weeks ago. Okay. I was, I was sharing with a, another adult and made it, made a speech very similar to yours. You said yours way more eloquently than I did. So I'll give you credit for that. But basically talked about how it's a different age and different time. We got to be preparing our kids for a different world. And this person pushed back and said, but I don't like the world that we're creating right now. I'm not a fan of the oh. way things are going. I want us to go back to the way things were 20, 30, 40 years ago. And they said, they said, I feel like it's my responsibility to help create kids that would be that, that would live in the same kind of world that we used to live in. I don't want to set them up down this path that we're going on. And I looked at them and said, huh, okay. And I had a response and there might be some people out there listening right now that are feeling the same way, that they're fearful of what we're creating and that we should not be encouraging this type of mindset and this change. And I, I don't know, 
What, what would you say to, to that? Do you, do you have a response or you want me to share what I did? <laughs> I, I absolutely want you to share what, what you did. What did you do? What did you do? <laughs> well, first I said, wow, that, that's impressive. But then I, I looked at this person. Yeah, and, it was. And I looked at this person and said, you know, the world that you're describing right now that you're not a fan of has nothing to do with what these kids are doing. This is the world that you and I created. And this is a person that was also in their 40s. I said, you and I are responsible for this world. And I want to help create kids that can make this world even better than the world that you and I screwed up. You and I came from the age of textbooks. You and I came from the world of the 70s and 80s. And look at what, what's happened to it. So let's help give these kids some skills that we didn't have. Let's give them some problem solving that we didn't have. Let's give them some innovation that we didn't have so they can fix the mess that we created. Awesome. Very good. Very good. That's cool. That's, <laughs> that's, that's a great answer. So I think I would just say that just a little bit differently because you and I are different people. So yeah. So when I when I give when I give a talk similar to this, I, I like to now I'm not a I'm not a, a gearhead and not a mechanic by any means, but I, and I don't know why this this analogy just sticks with me, but remember in the late '80s when they stopped making carburetors and cars, yeah, yep. and then they went to fuel injection systems. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> so um, that's it. They stopped making carburetors. I like working on carburetors and, uh, you know, using a WD-40 to get the valve open and moving and whatnot and just hearing that engine work. And, and, I, was, and I was good at working at a carburetor, that carburetor now Chevrolet. They don't make the carburetor anymore. <laughs> that world is done. That world. So it, it doesn't matter that I like that carburetor or that carburetor work then. We have something this, that we've improved that. We are improving. Um, the one thing, <clears throat> so we can't get we can't get those mechanics back. So the technology, mm -hmm. we have to embrace new technology and new capabilities, and we always have to be ready to look at what can we do better, mm -hmm. because otherwise we're just sitting on the couch. Mm -hmm. We have to always and we, and we have to be honest about that question. Now, um, what? So the carburetor is done. So I can't focus on the carburetor. What I can focus on is, hey, I can learn about a fuel injection system in, in cars. Yeah. So that's what we can do with kids. We can't teach kids carburetors, but we can teach kids the value of learning something about that car. Yeah. All right. The, we can teach them to, and to teach them the value of learning, um, hey, I got this, but you know what? Tomorrow I might need to learn something else, and I'm okay with learning something else. Teaching kids the value of being lifelong learners, because we teach them the value of being lifelong learners. It doesn't matter if it's a carburetor, fuel injection system, uh, anti gravity car, um, the Tony Stark's uh, laser—I <laughs> mean, flying car, whatever. Then yeah. it doesn't matter what you put in there. It doesn't matter what it is. They're going to have a a need and a drive to be lifelong learners and they're going to just they're going to learn and appreciate they're going to appreciate and learn what they need to learn to be successful with whatever's in front of them that's what the deal is we can't get hung up on the thing we have to be hung up on that lifelong learning piece absolutely and, and i think one of the things that i appreciate about you is you don't you don't just sit there and preach to the kids you you challenge teachers and educators to think the same way you want educators to be those lifelong learners and to embrace innovation and change and trying new things. But the, do you, 
former principal speaking, how would you handle teachers that worked with you for you when they were acting as an agitator or a revolutionary and they were constantly questioning the way things were? Would you embrace that or would you try to keep them with that? So, so they were so they were questioning things to keep the status quo or questioning things to challenge and try something new. So is there a difference? And, and yes. Okay. Yes. Um, <clears throat> so if you're looking for somebody who is looking to keep the status quo or like we've always done it this way, you know, uh, the um, when I was in school, we did it this way and, yeah. and this kind of stuff. And, and that's what I mean by status quo. Yep. They're looking to replicate the great learning experiences that they had as students. Mm -hmm. And they were great. I I loved my teachers when I was in, in middle school, but man, that was in the 80s. What in the world? You know, um, <clears throat> we can't bring that here. <laughs> we can't do that. I couldn't even do that in the 1990s when I started teaching, you know? <laughs> so, so we can't do that now. Um, so we have to be ready to unlearn things that we hold, uh, unlearn things that we were taught and that we held, held dearly, and then relearn rele relevant skills that our learners need. So that's one of the things we talk about in the revolution is uh, developing a lens for, for what's relevant, mm -hmm. you know, uh, and, and, then and then stick it to it. Because once we, once we know what's, what's relevant and we can personalize learning for, for, for kids, then they're then we can make them hungry and then we we won't hold them back I mean, yeah. we'll, we can hold them back if we tried yeah. so stat, so status quo is one is one thing <clears throat> um but innovators people who are who are on the other end the other end who are hey i've heard about makerspaces can i can i try to build one in my room or uh hey i heard about this robotics kit can i use this to tie in a lesson on the weather Please, yeah, absolutely. Do you, you want to buy another kid, or or what, what? Can I? Can I? What day are you doing it? Can I come and and play and, and hang out, kind of thing, you know? Yeah. So you, uh, Todd Whitaker, uh, Todd okay. Whitaker writes about this. You know, you don't spend time. Uh, no, I was about to say that. I was about to say that a very wrong way. Hey, which I, you, you elevate those people that are willing to take those chances, and you kind of forget about the rest. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't kind of forget about them. You just you just give them you just you just put less time with them. Yeah, yeah. you put yeah. you put more of your time and energy and love with the people who are going in the direction that, that you want or, or that your school needs to go in. Yeah, absolutely. And you put you put minimal and different energy with the people who are stuck with, with the go. status quo. Yeah, you, you don't let them consume ninety percent of your time, which is what typically happens. Sure. Boom, they drain. They they drain. Uh, complaining, complaining is, is a drain. Um, reminiscing about uh, the the one classroom schoolhouse on a little house on the prairie is a drain. Anybody got time? So what? So so what if if it was? So what if everybody was smiling and and looked and it was the same color and and looked and looked? So what? Right. That's that is so irrelevant now. We we got to do right by the kids in your room who need a. Uh, learning experiences that are relevant and it's going to mean something for them so good and you know in, in the real world every great revolution starts in the grassroots it starts from the people bubbling up you know and you are here preaching about a revolution and your your goal is to try to get these teachers fired up 
from the from the grassroots to take charge and to, to change some things. But sometimes these teachers feel like they're the ones that are being silenced because uh, maybe the people more elevated than them in the hierarchy want to maintain that status quo. And they're the ones that the, the, these revolutionaries are the ones that are seen as the drains because they're always wanting something different. They always want to try something new and they're always speaking up and, and asking, why do we have to do this? How do you encourage them to continue to take those chances? You know, you said that you poke the bear and you were this agitator. And sometimes there are some teachers out there that are just dying to do that. But there's also that fear. They don't want to be that person in a staff meeting that stands out and asks the why question. They don't want to be that one person in the hallway that tries something different and has to answer to the parents about why they're doing things different than the way school was done when they were there. How do you, what, what is your message to those people? How do you fan their flames to say, no, go take that chance? Um, great question. That, that's, that's good stuff. Before I get to that answer, though, I, I want to, I want to circle all the way back to something I said in, 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 the, in the beginning, yeah. and you kind of hit on it. So if you look historically, I, I was a political science major in college. If you look back historically, revolutions actually start in the middle class. Mm. They, don't, they, don't start on, they don't start in the, with the, the lower class. They start yep. in the middle class. The middle class actually has, uh, has time and some resources to question yep. and to, to, to start a movement. Yep. Uh, so we so that's that was gonna be one of the top that was gonna be that was a title of the book option um starting what was it it starts in the middle it starts in the middle middle school there you go because this is largely a middle school book yeah this is and this is where most of our opportunity is because we have such a management mindset for our middle schoolers instead of these 11 12 13 year olds are on fire we just need to give them direction so, so let's, 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 let's give them a push. Let's give them a cause and get out of the way yep. now. Okay. Anyway, so, so for your question about what do we tell those, what do we tell those teachers who, who want to do, uh, and they, they need that push. You tell them, Hey, um, I, I, you're already running ahead of everybody else. Okay. You're thinking ahead of everybody else. You want to try it. I'm not only am I right there with you, uh, I'm going to be pushing you even further. What do you need from me? Um, how can we help? And you want, you want everybody to understand, you want everybody to understand that there is an acceptance and a culture of learning through failure, but you want them to really, really understand, Hey, you're, you're really going to be trying new things. Mm -hmm. Right. Don't listen to the naysayers when you don't get the result you want the first time. Here's your support network. We got your back. Yeah. All right. And when they, when, not when they, but when everybody else sees that learn through failure model, and when everybody else sees that learn through failure uh, attempts, and that we're celebrating, we're celebrating the attempts. Nobody cares about. Very rarely do we care about the outcomes. We're not looking for outcomes. We're, look, we're looking at the attempts because the kids win from the attempts. Mm -hmm. um, we we want to put put a message out there of attempts. So so keep trying, keep keep pushing, and then showcase your kids. And as they showcase kids, me me as a leader, I'm showcasing those teachers. Mm -hmm. Hey, uh, Mr. David tried this today. 
look at the smile on the kids' faces. Look at how they were, look at all the productive struggle going on in the room. Look at all the relevant learning experiences. Look at how technology is being used to uh, connect learners with, with some real life problems or whatnot and to, and to show, to showcase the students learning in different ways. Look at all this awesome stuff. And in my last schools, we did a week, we did a, my, my last school, we did a bi-weekly blog. My school before that, we did a weekly blog, weekly blog. And we, and there was a section on there that we just highlighted great things we saw in teachers' classrooms. We just, if it was, if it was a picture or a video, we put it out there. Said, hey, this teacher killed it. Awesome stuff. It's wonderful. So we made them heroes. Yeah. And, and, and we didn't shoot down anybody. We just told great hero stories. Okay. And, and that's what needs to happen. That's, that, that's, that's the best part. We have to see the exemplars. Yeah. And, we have to, and we have to tell people about the exemplars. The exemplars are not about test scores. The exemplars are about putting learner needs first. And here's how it looks. That's right. Yeah, our, our job is to tell the stories that other stories can be written. That's exactly it. And I, I love your opportunity to, how you say you celebrate the middle. And I'll be honest, as a middle school principal, one of the reasons it was my favorite job is because typically, and this is going to sound bad, but it's the truth, people don't care about the middle school, which gives you tremendous freedom. Oh. Tremendous freedom. You know, the, the parents are all worried about high school and the, all the varsity sports and kindergarten and early elementary. Middle school is where so much magic happens. And we have those tentacles where we connect up. So the, the products that we create, the kiddos that we create go up to the high school. And we also set the expectation for what the elementaries need to start preparing their kids for. So you, sometimes you have to embrace the fact that other people don't notice you because that's where you can do some real magic. When I, I also spent some time as an elementary um, principal and I used to really tap into my second grade teachers because down in Florida, second grade is the one grade in an elementary school where there's no assessment. There's no mandatory retention. There's nothing. So second grade, this is where we're going to put some innovative people that are just going to go big or go home and we can start duplicating and replicating success. You got to find those little sweet spots at the high school level. Tap into those 10th grade teachers. There's no ACT or SAT. You don't have all the freshman yep. hormones you're dealing with. Tap into those sweet spots and take those chances and, and things just ma magically grow from there. And it's, I, it, that's kind of what you just said to me. You said, you know, you find those people and you just roll with it, especially in the middle. That's cool. That's awesome, man. You do. So, so our, our book has, our book is a, is a K-12 message. You, you know, we just, yeah. we, uh, it, <clears throat> And um, I want to give a shout out to Darren Elwayne, yeah. uh, the co-author. If you're not connected to Darren, please, uh, let me tell you, his school is doing the fantastic middle school work, period. They are doing all, we were doing some, I, I, knew, I knew we were doing some great stuff, but when I, when I contacted, when I connected with Darren and saw what was really going on, I was like, man, <laughs> it because it, it, it's a true can you really just totally flip the middle school model? Yes. Can, does it have to be? No, it, it, it's just totally different. Can you believe uh, our middle schoolers are different? No, they're not. Just, it's, it's, we, all of us can, can do different things. My favorite grade level group is the sixth graders. Mm -hmm. Once you can untrain, deprogram teachers to out of that mindset of when those sixth graders come in, you know, <laughs> keep them in line and, once you once you get that out of sixth grade teachers, and hey, make it about love, 
make it about having a culture that kids culture in the classroom the kids want to that on fire to come to um make it about pushing kids um sometimes maybe a little too hard to see what they do but always have a hug for them um make them on fire make, make them on fire to investigate you know not take a test but investigate and research and then present you do that for sixth graders <laughs> by the time they cycle up to eighth grade man you have a fire of a school right. and sixth grader sixth graders come to come to middle school um scared and, and a little lonely mm -hmm. so when you, when you say hey no this this is the spot you want to be in and here's why you guys are going to do this uh let them create uh, let them let them explore and get passionate it's it's going to be it's it's fantastic stuff it, it really is and then you just develop fearless eighth graders yeah. um because that's what we need uh we, we don't do enough of develop we don't do enough of purposefully developing student advocacy skills in our students and we don't even think about that at the middle school level mm. but but middle but a good middle schooler will tell off an adult in a good way and make a good point that's when you know you have a good revolution on your hands that's the truth that, that's a big one there's some people listening to that right now saying uh oh you had me you ex explain that a little bit more explain that so um let me talk about my good friend darren l wayne and his school yeah all right so darren's school entire school has a focus on and and they're in south dakota they're yep. about as landlocked as you can get right yep they're on the plastics in the they're on the plastics uh pollution mission and drive that is going to change the world they take trips he's a, is it he's a middle schooler he's a middle school principal they take trips to honduras present at conferences they've had their state legislators in their school the kids make the presentations the kid uh, the, the, the learners drive everything every day so check this out david just like when you started at school there were 58 electives is that right? Elective, yep. Yeah. So every day, students in Darren School pick their schedule for the day. It's a different schedule. Wow. Um, we I had a good friend, um, <clears throat> Glenn Robbins, before he became superintendent, he was a principal at a middle school where they did uh, Ed Camp. They, they, he called it Ed Camp for the day. They did Ed Camp, I think, every week. I don't think they did it every day, but I think, anyway, they did it regularly. Well, these, this is part of their personalized learning journey and, and, and what they do. So um, the kids own everything. They, they own their learning. They can talk about their growth. They can talk about their development. They can talk about their passions. Um, and, you, and they're developing and they're connected to global learning, to global causes. That so student advocacy is is a big part is a big part student advocacy advocacy student voice and choice that's a big part of our book. Um, are you? I think people are afraid to talk about middle schoolers as as uh, developing advocacy skills in middle schoolers. Uh, for you know the frenetic monsters and hormonal blah 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 blah. Yep. yep. Um, but that's where the passion. All that is is undirected passion. Mm -hmm. give, give them a direction. 
Give them a platform. Make that happen. Everybody listening to this should contact Darren. Uh, <laughs> truly, Sorry, Darren, when your email blows up here, but yeah, <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, I want to blow Darren's Give text. email. Give him a text when we're done here and warn him. <laughs> <laughs> Get him up on Twitter. Um, we're, and right now, see, right now we're developing uh, some workshops for um, the the power of maker spaces in schools, the power of um, all these things, all these things that we're talking about right now. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, hit them up. It's great stuff. I'm, I'm telling you, it, it, your mind will be blown by the things that his school and his district is doing. And and I, and 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 I don't want to make this. And he doesn't want to make this about him. This is about his his learners. It's great stuff. Our, our kids can do. Mm-hmm. True story. True story. You believe if you're gonna believe that your teachers can start a revolution, you got to believe that your students can too. Um, oh, you're, you're trying to create boom. symbiosis where they're growing from each other. Your your students are pushing your teachers, and your teachers are pushing your students, and that's where change begins. So. Um, and you, you are, you're dropping so much truth here. <laughs> you know, I, I feel like you and I could, we could just be talking for hours and hours and hours, but unfortunately the people that are listening, their notebooks are going to be full just writing down all these quotes <laughs> from you because it's just like, amen. It's like, it's like when I'm sitting in church and I'm just writing down everything and the preacher says something else, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's another, <laughs> another good exactly. one. <laughs> hey, you didn't, 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 didn't bring any that's right. You didn't bring in a notepad to write anything on. You just write on the back of an envelope. Yeah, I got you. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> sorry, sorry, you're not getting my tie today. I got my notes all over it. But <laughs> that, that's how I feel right now. I feel bad for the people that are listening to this while they're driving somewhere because they're pausing it and like going to the right. demo and, re- and just nonstop here. So um, <laughs> I, I'm gonna, I'm definitely, we're gonna have to connect again in the in the near future so you can d- drop some more truth. But you know, I warned you when we started that I was gonna give you a moment. When, when we got all done here, to drop 30 seconds worth of just Derek McCoy goodness, some truth. You know, I, I tell people every week, this is the most popular podcast on the planet, and it's going to be someday because I keep bringing it. There you go. I keep bringing amazing people like you on that people are just gravitated to. You, you, you are changing people's lives and their destinies and just giving them a renewed fire for their professions, and they latch on to, to, this, to this stuff. And I want the last words they hear from you just to be like that mic drop moment where, you know, you sucked them in for the last however long this has been. And now this is your chance to say, boom, this is, this is what I need you to take. This is what's going to cause that revolution. This is what's going to change the world. What do you got for me? Perfect. And 30 seconds starts now. 30 seconds so starts we whenever have... we're, we get there. You're good. <laughs> I, I, I got you. I got you. So we have a saying, uh, don't be the teacher you had as a student, be the revolutionary your learners need. Mm-hmm. Don't let your own K, your own great K-12 learning experiences um, pre-cloud, preclude what you are going to do with your students. Let your students' needs in today's world drive the learning experiences that you build for your learners. They need something relevant and global and deep to, to help serve them as adults. And you can be the revolutionary to provide it. So connect with us. We're, we're there to, to pump our fists with you and get it going. That's it. That's good, man. So, so good. So those of you that are listening, I mean, tomorrow's the day. 
I mean, you can wait another year to start your revolution, but by then it's going to have passed you by. And there's <laughs> the fight's going to be that much harder. So right. today, tomorrow, that's when you start asking those questions. That's when you start making some of those changes. Dip your toe in the water if you need to, but I guarantee you the water's warm. It's perfect. The, I mean, it, the conditions are absolutely ideal for you today and tomorrow to go try something new. Don't wait. Thanks. Just do it. Think about the kids that are sitting in front of you right now. Um, look, look them in their eyes and say, no, I'm going to wait to provide better learning experiences for the next group. Right. I mean, uh, be about be about the kids in front of you. Connect, connect with us. Uh, Twitter, um, Instagram, uh, email. We're there for you. It, it, and, and we'll do it. We'll do it together. Revolutions aren't aren't sustained by one person. That, right. uh, we're doing this as a group. So we, we're here for you. That's good, man. That's awesome. And Derek, I, I appreciate you so much. I appreciate you lighting that fire back within me, um, making me feel empowered to go just go big or go home tomorrow. You know, I've got four <laughs> kids that live in my house that deserve the absolute best for me tomorrow. I can't wait another year to start being a great parent. And the kids Boom. that I serve on a day-to-day -day basis deserve me to be on my best tomorrow as well. It's not fair for me to say, oh, next year I'll implement this because right, 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 right. there's a lot of kids right. that are gone. So I got to bring it tomorrow. That was awesome, man. I, I, I appreciate you. Like you, you have no idea you, you're, you're preaching the educational gospel and I'm a believer, man. I am on the revolution and I am here with you. That is awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. And, 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 and that's what we want. We, we didn't want this just to be about telling some, some good stories or cause it's not just in the stories that we've done. We've connected we have stories in here from, from revolutionaries doing that work right now, yeah, other people. Yeah. We, want, we want this to make real, we want this to be about real things that people can do right now. So it's, a, it's as much as a account as it is a, a primer for, for what, for, to help people get their revolution started. That's good. That's good, man. Well, again, thank you so much. And for those of you tuning in, again, connect with this man, follow his, follow his journey. Just look at his tweets. If, if you took nuggets of truth from everything he was saying today, and you're in, like me, you ran out of room in your notebook, go capture 280 characters at a time, read his tweets, they'll fire you up, they'll get you going too. So uh, Derek McCoy, changing the world, one kid at a time, man. Awesome. Thank you for having me. You guys have a great evening. Start your revolution. Did you enjoy this episode? I hope so. If you did, Feel free to keep listening by subscribing right now to the Lasting Learning Podcast and get new episodes as soon as they're released. Interested in knowing more about me, Dave Schmidow? Well, feel free to find out what makes me tick by reading one of my books, Bold Humility or It's Like Riding a Bike. Feel free to check them both out on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or directly on my website, schmidow.net. That's S-C-H-M-I-T-T-O-U dot net.